Welcome to the Magic on Main Street podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Tabitha. Over the better part of a decade, our little family has lived the Disneyland lifestyle. As an ex-cast member and now longtime annual pass holders, we've been surrounding our lives with Disney. From Disney bounding to pin trading, exclusive items and all the food, we've fully immersed ourselves in the culture that Walt built. We've done it all and have made some great friends and memories over the years. We'll be sitting down with friends and other Disney junkies to share our stories and advice. We'll be your one-stop shop for Disneyland history and trivia and all the insider information you could ever ask for on merchandise, food, shows, attractions, and everything else you should know about the parks. Our goal is to bring a little magic to your ears each week by sharing our Disneyland journey with you. This This is is Magic Magic on on Main Street. Street. And here you may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Welcome, everybody, to episode 21, Blackjack. Hello. Oh, I was like, wait, Blackjack. You know, 21. I get it now. Uh, Calling all dreamers. It's become kind of our tradition now to start every show listening to Magic Happens to get us in the mood. I love it. Uh, anyway, welcome to episode 21 of the Magic on Main Street podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Tabitha. And with us, as always, is the cute kid, Kenzie Lee. She's too cool for us. She's too cool for us. She only comes in when she's needed. She's like Ryan Seacrest. Is it time for my segment? Is it my segment yet? Uh, also on the other end of the computer, it's Daniel Prock. Hello, Daniel. We miss you, buddy. Actually, I got to see him this week. You did. You guys filmed together. We got to film because we work together, so it's great. Social distancing filming. Yeah. Uh, also, we have our cute little mascot, Scar the Kitten. Um. So, he scared the bejesus out of me earlier because I went to get clean pajamas out of the closet and I pushed my onesies aside oh. to get to my pajama pants and he was laying on that shelf behind said onesies. Oh. And he looked at me and blinked. My soul left my body. That's frightening. I wasn't expecting a living thing to be sitting there, and it was, and I didn't like it. Yeah, not a fan. Nope. Anyway, that was a weird, weird segue. You're welcome. Uh, We have a big show, as always. I feel like they're always big shows, no matter what's going on. Mm -hmm. That's just how we do things around here. I like it. I do, too. Big show ahead of us. We've got our typical shout-outs. We've got... This week in Disneyland history. What happened? Some news with Avengers Campus. Whoop, whoop. I know. Lots of merch, as always. We'll do Hidden Mickeys with the Kid with our VIP, Kenzie. Talking about the food we miss. Events and entertainment. Talking about some stuff going on on Disney Plus and on the app and all kinds of fun stuff. And then we're going to be doing Back by Popular Demand. Last week's show was so fun and people loved it so much that we're going to do Part de. De. Yeah. Uh, lost Attractions of Disneyland. It's fun. I like it is it. fun. I like talking about this historical stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, got a lot to talk about. So, Kaylin, bring in the show. Magic on Main Street Podcast. Perfect for Disney fans. Magic on Main Street Podcast. Talking about Disneyland. Magic on Main Street Podcast. For when you're making your Disney plans. Magic on Main Street Podcast. Sean and Tabitha will be right back. They're back. 
I don't know, but I could see my headphones out the corner of my eye, and I thought someone was standing right next to me. Oh, that's freaky. Ooh. Yeah, we don't like that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Uh, let's start this week off the right way with shout outs. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with us? So. I have a fun shout out. Uh, this is going to go out to our friend Magic of Paint on Instagram, uh, who has so graciously signed on to be our next episode of cooking up the magic you sucker yeah sucker (laughs) no uh stupid if you didn't see the instagram post uh there was a fun little picture of a churro on there i won't give them too much more but i can't wait to see how this one turns out so keep an eye out for that thanks so much for doing that for us everybody keep an eye out for that pretty soon um also Want to, uh, I know we said this last week, we've said it a few times actually, but I want to continue the shout out train for all of the nurses and medical staff out there. Bam, 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 bam. Big old rap horns for you because yeah. you guys are so awesome. You the best. You the best. As DJ Khaled would say. We the best. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Stupid. Please stop. Nurses. Medical staff. You the best. Another one. So dumb. Or delirious. Yeah, that's our shout outs. Let's talk about this week in Disneyland history. Historical facts. It's time for this week in Disneyland history. (laughs) We talk about things that happened in the past. Like 1928 when Walt Disney's trademark application for Mickey Mouse is filed with the United States Patent Office. Oh, my. That was so good. That was a really good song. No, it wasn't. wasn't. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about this week in Disneyland history. In 1928, Walt Disney's trademark application for Mickey Mouse is filed with the United States Patent Office. Wow. So, all those years ago, Mickey Mouse was conceived. Him so old. I know. I can't wait until it passes. Can't wait till they get the, the approval. <laughs> we'll talk all about it. What am I saying? I don't know. Fast forward all the way to 1971, and this one's a really fun fact for me. <laughs> Davy Crockett's Explorer Canoes debuts at Disneyland. Uh, so the canoes have been there for a while, though. So they originally were called the Indian War Canoes. That's and- controversial. <laughs> I mean, not really. Uh, it's historical. Uh, the attraction opened on July 4th, 1956 as part of Frontierland's Indian Village expansion. So they had the Indian Village and they decided to make it war canoes instead of these. Uh, they opened on July 4th, 1956 as part of Frontierland's Indian Village expansion. And uh, they actually started out with real Native American Indian guides aboard every canoe. Really? Yes. Crazy. Uh, so guests back in the day <laughs> in 1956 used a D ticket to ride the attraction. And those actually closed when the Indian village closed in 1971, but they reopened in, in May uh, as Davy Crockett's Explorer Canoes of 1971. Hmm. So they were inspired by the Davy Crockett mir- miniseries, which was a big deal for Walt, the Walt Disney Company. Um, and the guides changed over to wear like coonskin caps to be like Davy Crockett. Um, And this one, this is a fun fact. Fun fact. This is one of only two attractions in Disneyland to be in three different lands without ever being moved. Weird. Yeah. So they started out in Frontierland 
And then they moved to Bear Country, which was then renamed to Critter Country. Fun fact. For your ears. Yeah. 1997. It's a great year. Disneyland's Mike Fink Keelboats recloses for only the second time in the attraction's history. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. Wow. Foreshadowing. Stick around. Next year, 1998, the new Disneyland Tomorrowland is unveiled after being given an extreme facelift. Various dedications took place over the next two days. Among the special guests are legendary astronauts Buzz Aldrin and Wally Shearer. Neat. Yeah, fun stuff. 1999, that was a busy few years. Disneyland hosted the official homecoming of Army Staff Sergeant Andrew Ramirez, Staff Sergeant Christopher Stone, and Specialist Stephen Gonzalez. This is the first time the three U.S. soldiers who had been captured by Serbian forces on March 31st stood on American soil since their release from captivity. Wow. Pretty special. I like that. I actually remember this. Huh. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, 2000, the Disneyland Pirates of the Caribbean celebration is held inside the Main Street Opera House to celebrate the 33rd anniversary of one of the most popular and famous rides at the park. Some of the special guests included Harriet Burns, who was the very first female hired as an Imagineer. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. In 2007, a gala premiere for the feature Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End takes place at Disneyland. Johnny Depp and his fellow actors attended the world premiere. Hmm. 2011, guests get the public's first glimpse of Disneyland's revamped Star Tours, which opens on June 3rd of 2011. This is when they redid everything and made it even cooler than I it started. I remember that. My grandma was really upset, I remember. Because they changed it? Yeah, because Star Tours was her favorite ride. Oh, for she sure. Was like... What? When they brought back the original scenes, uh, what, 2014, 2013, yeah. for that short time? Yeah, was the heaven. lines were insane. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and finally, in 2015, this is one of my favorites as well, the premiere performances of <gasps> Paint the Night Yay. and Disneyland Forever Fireworks takes place at Disneyland. Both are additions to Disneyland's 60th Birthday Bash. And that started off that next day. The parade and fireworks were broadcast live on the Disney Parks blog. Pretty sure we were there. We were there for this. Yep. Uh, We waited a very long time to watch Paint the Night. And we actually got a really good spot. We got a a spot right at the hub on Mm -hmm. the corner where you can still see fireworks and the parade. So we got a two for one spot. And people were not very nice. No. No. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. (gasps) It was the pass holes. Ah. I know. I know. Don't uh, be one. Uh, you don't want to be uh. one of those guys. Anyway, that's this week in Disneyland history. Coming up next, it's the news. This just in. Breaking news. News, news, news. Happy news. Exciting news. Very happy news. Construction has resumed on Avengers Campus, as well as the site for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Great Odin's now. Raven. <laughs> Um, so in Avengers Campus, they're mainly just working on weatherproofing buildings. And uh, for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, they're bringing in um, all of the steel to finish the or start working on the structure and the track and whatnot. Um, all work is being done by limited essential crews that include Imagineers, as well as the additional contractors that are going to be working um, on specific things. Other construction regarding refurbishments like Haunted Mansion and Snow White is still on hold, but they are also continuing the renovations that they are going to be doing on, um, what's that? The sandal place. Was it Sanook? 
Sanook, yeah. And um, Starbucks. One of the Starbucks is, is getting a little bit of a facelift. But also. this is this is great news. It's good news. Disney fans rejoice. Yeah. Really exciting. We're almost there. The Dapper Day events that were tentatively scheduled for the summer have been canceled, unfortunately. Uh, but th- yeah, I mean, it's they were supposed to be in June. It's a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there are talks of a possible small marketplace being held in August in place of the normal expo. Uh, as of now, all November events are still taking place as planned. So we'll we'll stay tuned on that one. Uh, but, you know, to be expected. Yeah. One more happy little blip that doesn't really concern us Californians, but it does Concern another um, U.S. park. Disney Springs is beginning their phased reopening on the 20th. Um, They will be opening certain things on the 20th. Um, From the article that I read, it was, I think it was actually in the OC register. It was um, being reported that some things were opening May 20th, some things were opening May 24th, and some things were opening May 27th. So they're staggering them. Trying to see how things are going to be um, rocking and rolling. They've already got the tents in place for um, temperature scanners like they did in Shanghai, as well as um, different glass barriers and stuff. I think just to keep you separated from like the security during bag checks and stuff, because obviously you're still going to have to go through all those sort of things. So yeah. exciting. It is exciting. Still no date for us yet, but we just got to be patient. We'll, we'll continue to be patient or at least fake it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this one, uh, so Disneyland's offering special for guests who had June reservations that were impacted by everything going on. So I'll just read this directly. Uh, so last week we did report um, that they're going to be taking reservations starting July 1st or not starting, but for June for July 1st. Uh, so you can make reservations now for July 1st. Um but they're offering a special to guests that have impacted vacations. So I will read beginning Monday, March 30th, 2020 eligible guests can take advantage of a special Disneyland resort offer valid for arrivals. Most nights, July 1st through December 31st when booked by May 31st. So that's coming up. This offer is only valid for guests who booked a Walt Disney travel company vacation package or room reservation that included one or more nights during that period and on dates while the Disneyland Resort theme parks were closed. So uh, you should be contacted, but you might want to reach out if you have plans because they might uh, offer that special to you. So take a look at that. And I think that's it for news. Coming up next, it's Moich. More free merch. Disneyland released a few additional desktop and mobile backgrounds through PhotoPass. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, uh, an amazing mobile wallpaper of the fireworks of the castle available to download. Get um, it. It's so pretty. It's very pretty. Uh, we posted the rest of them on our Instagram this week, so check those out. But go over to the app. I mean, you don't need to see them on our Instagram. It'd be nice for the traffic. But yeah, go over to the app. Um, these are going to expire on June 27th. Yeah, so. we had originally reported that they'd be expiring June 15th. Um, that's been extended since they added those few more. Very nice. Yeah, check those out. Yeah. Um, an artist series Bambi and Forest Friends Dooney and Burke collection is being released on Shop Disney. It's actually available now. Uh, the pattern features Bambi, Miko, Thumper, Flower, and Todd and Copper from Fox and the Hound. Uh, the collection has a little wristlet wallet, a tote, and a satchel. Uh, it's a pretty forest green color with all the characters all over. It's super cute. Um, it's Dooney and Burke, so obviously it's going to be a little bit pricey. Uh, but you can check it out on Shop Disney right now. And it's super cute. Right now. Did you know? Did I know? 
that Bambi was the first Disney movie I saw in the theaters. No, I didn't know it that. It scared the poop out of me. I mean, you watched a deer get... Yeah, because what? when did... Hmm, that's a curious question. When did Bambi When did come Bambi out? come out? Bambi theatrical release date. No, I, did, I didn't see it when it was new. <laughs> I was like, Bambi came out in no, 1942. You're not that old. No, no, no. Uh, no, I didn't see it when it was new. <laughs> you looked at me the same way when I was talking about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, you'd be negative two. <laughs> no, the, I said that I, I've seen every nope. Star Wars movie in the theater except for A New Hope. Okay, that makes Not sense. new, just in the theater. Bambi was re-released in theaters... In 80-something. 47, 57, 66, 75, 82, and 88. 82. Man, I was three years old, and I remember that scene on the big screen. Wow. Just scarred you for Wait, life. Wait, what year? 82. 82. Or, there was also one in 88. Yeah, it was 82. I was three. Okay. I remember it. I, I cried. I remember screaming crying because <laughs> Bambi's mom got shot, and then there was fire, and it was, it was terrifying. Not fun. Anyway. A new haunted mansion board game called Call of the Spirits is being released by Funko later this year. Uh, they haven't put out any like big information about gameplay or release date or anything, but I would like to assume they're, if they're going to release it this year, it's going to be in October to keep it spooky. Boo. And I'm assuming this is going to be similar to the, the Harry Potter game they put out. Possibly. Yeah. Oh no, they haven't put any information on the Funko website except 2020. <laughs> um, Loungefly has a ton of new merch coming. Ton. Um, if you check out the Entertainment Earth, what was that? Dot, what ton? <laughs> You're like, like your my hype man. man. <laughs> merch. <laughs> Stupid. If you check out uh, EntertainmentEarth.com, mm-hmm. you can find all of the new Disney Loungefly pieces that are available for pre-order. Uh, there's a Toy Story Pizza Planet Little Green Men mini backpack. I like that one. It's really, really cute. Um, there's a a couple standard size backpacks. There's 101 Dalmatians, an Inside Out Emotions one, a Bing Bong backpack, and a princess dress patterned Bing backpack. Bong. <laughs> I couldn't say backpack. Backpack. Because I don't say backpack. You don't say backpack. So it's making me tongue-tied. Um, and then in addition to those, they each one of the standard backpacks have a little like nylon pouch. Like, it looks like a, like a pencil pouch. So it looks like they're trying to like get them together for uh, the upcoming school year more than likely. Uh, all super cute. I really, really, really like the 101 Dalmatians one. That's not normally like my thing. No. But it's really cute. Yeah. Um, all of them are ranging between... $10 for the little pouches up to 75 which is the price for the little um, green men back mini backpack. Um, they're all being released in either end of May or sometime in June. Definitely worth it to check it out. EntertainmentEarth.com and you can get those pre-ordered right now. Oh yeah. All cute. Something for everyone. Soup's cute. Soup's cute. Um, an inflatable space crane ball pit is new on Shop Disney. It comes with a hundred plastic balls to fill up the base and the crane doubles as a hoop to shoot the balls through. It's so weird. It's awesome. It's very awesome, but it's very weird. I need to double check the dimensions because it's only 50 bucks. 
I might order it and we could play with it in the living room. <laughs> we could. I mean, why not, right? It's uh, $49.99. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, especially you guys with little ones, you can't go to the park right now. I mean, everything's like all caution taped off. Even if you were going to break the rules and go to the park, you can't play on anything. Yeah, and we're saying like the park, not yeah. like the parks. Not not the park. parks. Yeah. The the actual like swing and jungle gym park. Yeah. It's it's, a, funny. it's an easy alternative. Just it's play cute. with that. It's really cute. Anyway, that's merch. Uh we'll be back with Hidden Mickeys with a kid. It's time for Hidden Mickey of the Week. Looking everywhere, Kenzie's here to share the Hidden Mickey of the Week. Okay, welcome back to Hidden Mickey's with the Kid. We have Kenzie with us. Hi, Kenzie. Hello. It's been a while. Yeah. A couple minutes. Minutes. <laughs> How you Years. doing? How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Yeah. So, for this week's Hidden Mickey with the Kid, what do you got for us? I have one from Toy Story. Ooh, one. Toy Story the, One, the original. The original. original. Uh, the original original. <laughs> the original. <laughs> um. So this one is when Woody and the gang. Uh huh. First meet Buzz. Okay. So they're in Andy's bedroom on his bed. Okay. And they're first meeting Buzz. And on the wall, okay. the far right side. Far right side of the wall. There is a wall clock that is shaped like a watch. Oh, okay. So like a big, like a big. Uh, like a big watch. Okay. Like a giant's watch. All right. <laughs> and um, on the watch is a Mickey watch. A Mickey so, watch. In the face. Th- <laughs> in the face of the wall. You okay? So in the face of the clock, the clock face. <laughs> You're having a hard time with this. The clock face. The clock face, yes. Is a Mickey. It's a Mickey Mouse. So it's just a Mickey Mouse watch. That's right. So are you seeing a trend here? Yes. In in movies, they use a lot They're of watches. The Rescuers. Mm-hmm. Oliver and Company. Yeah. And... I almost called it Woody. Toy Story. No, Toy Story. <laughs> and Woody. And Woody. Yeah, they use a lot of uh, Mickey Mouse watches yeah. in movies. So that's their version of the like hidden Mickey. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thanks so much for that one. Okay. Can't wait to see what you come up with the next week. I love you. I love you. <laughs> thanks so much. You're welcome. Go to bed. Next up, food. Comida. <laughs> what are you, babble? I'm bilingual. Speaking of, this episode is... No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Were you going to try to say we were sponsored by Babbel? Yeah, I was doing a sponsorship for them. Good for them. Thanks for sponsoring us, guys. What are we doing? Babbel. Up next is food. (laughs) Oh, the food we miss. What are you missing this week? Uh, Mine isn't a food. It's a beverage. Oh. I think I might try to make it. Ooh. Um, it's the Tatooine Sunset from Ronto Roasters. Oh, that is really good. It is refreshing. It's very refreshing. It's good for a hot day. Yeah, it's really good. I um, it. You know, I was thinking the other day, and something came across my news feed that just made me want to cry. Because I used to eat these back in the day, and then they stopped offering them. Hmm. So if you go to Coke Corner, Refreshment Corner, whatever, they sell hot dogs there. They also sell chili dogs. They also sell mac and cheese. You put those together and you got a chili mac dog. 
So we used to do this back, gosh, it was like 2014, maybe. We would go, we'd get a hot dog with chili and mac and cheese on it. And they would just charge us a little bit extra. But then somebody caught on and they would say that you had to buy two hot dogs <laughs> to get that on one hot dog. So we stopped doing that. But yeah, I'm missing their hot dogs. Disneyland does have good hot dogs. Yeah. Yeah. You don't Can like we, hot dogs. I don't like hot dogs, but I like corn dogs. Yeah. Oh, it's different, man. The hot link. Oh, the from corn dog castle. Yeah. yeah. The hot, the hot link corn dog. Oh, that was good stuff. Oh, I guess I could add like a little snack with my drink. The chocolate popcorn. Oh man. Yeah. That went perfect with the hot cocoa. The chocolate popcorn. Yes. Yeah. It was like it was the best snack. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Uh, but hey, Kenzie, what do you miss? Hey, Kenzie. Hey, Kenzo. What do you? What food do you miss from Disneyland? What? What food do you miss from Disneyland? Um, I miss. Shelly sets it up like it's a presentation. Well, I miss. If you're asking, what I would like to say is. Food. What kind of food? What do you miss? Churros. 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 Oh, popcorn. Popcorn. Ooh, popcorn. Yeah. Churros, though, we're going to be... Maybe. Should we tell them? We should tell them. We should tell them. Yeah. I feel like we're all close. Go ahead and do it to we're all. We're all family here. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> uh, no, but we're going to be doing... Um, because Magic of Paint has been so uh, gracious to... Uh, do a recording for us. I'll do the clay. I'll do the clay. Uh, that's not even, it's not even Southern. It's no, but it's you do that all treat. the time. What do I, I don't know. Who am I? Uh, anyway, uh, magic of pain has been so gracious to do a video for us, uh, for, uh, cooking up the magic. And I think churros are in our future. So we're going to do a, what are we doing? Didn't say it. <laughs> a fluffer nutter churro. Oh, I'm so excited. So keep an eye out for that. My yeah. inner fat kid is screaming with joy. So is my outer fat kid. <laughs> Which, let me say, I thought I was putting on weight at Disneyland. Woo-hoo. I'm not getting my 10-mile walks every weekend anymore. I hate my life, Glenn. Ugh. I'm up to 245. Why are you telling me? I don't know. This? Should I cut that out? <laughs> or should I just let everybody shame me? I'm not telling anybody what my weight is. Nobody's going to shame me. We're all family here. It ain't cute. That's all I got to tell you. I'm not a big fan. So that's food coming up next. Events and entertainment. <laughs> Let us entertain you. Let us. What? Keep it going. I don't know the rest. Oh, okay. That's Events and entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so if they ever I do, if they ever redo their, their audio track at Haunted Mansion, I want to audition. Oh. To be the ghost host. I'm not the best, but I think I can do it pretty well. Okay. I agree. Should I do an audition right now? Sure. Okay. Here we go. Okay. When hinges creak in doorless chambers and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls, whenever candlelights flicker where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. That was pretty good. I liked it. That was pretty good. Was Daniel, good. put some music to that. <laughs> do, do, do. 
Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Haunted Mansion. I am your host, your ghost host. Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. <laughs> no, keep it going. I'm this, just... this is going on my sizzle reel. <laughs> There's no turning back now. Our tour begins here in this gallery where you see paintings of some of our guests as they appeared in their corruptible mortal state. This is good. <laughs> My sound effects do? Yeah, you, you're doing great. <laughs> what are we, are we doing? What are we on? Where are we at? Who am I? Welcome to the show, everyone. Events. <laughs> Events and entertainment. We are all over the place. I know. So this week with... Uh, the hashtag draw with Disney animation. Everything's a hashtag with hashtag with them right now. Yeah. Uh, artists who worked on the princess and the frog are showing you how to draw characters from the film. So you can learn how to draw Tiana. And that is being instructed by lead key cleanup animator, Rachel Bibb. Yeah. Neat. Um, on the D23 podcast this week, um, they featured Disney legend Bob Gert. I love him. Yeah. So he was on and talking about what it was like to work with Walt Disney uh, filming the Imagineering story, how that went for him, and much, much more um, information. Uh, the episode is only about 30 minutes long, so definitely take the time out to go listen to that. You can find it on the D23 website. Um, also, uh, so Disney Magic Moments is the greatest thing that's come to the Disneyland website. So they did something fun for Alani. They haven't really highlighted Alani during all of this. Um, so they're teaching you how to do the Alani hula, which is kind of fun. And then they just announced something through the Imagineering team. Uh, it's Steam Tips, which if you're not familiar, Steam stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math. Because all of those you know specialties and fields of work um, kind of go into Imagineering, the Imagineers are sharing their steam tips based on what works for them. So uh, in the first one, they're covering the A for art. Um, so pretty cool stuff. Lindsay Vincent, which is a senior interior designer, uh, is talking about like how the attractions are designed and things like that. It's, it's pretty fun. So a lot of fun stuff coming out, out of the Imagineering team as uh, all this is going on. And then they have a pretty neat little um, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway Adventure Kit. It's a game in Disney Now which is a kid safe app um, that they have uh, available on mobile. Okay. Yeah. Check it out. It's a cute little video. We are delirious. We had been told previously that Hamilton was going to be added to Disney plus at some time um, later this year, but alas, Hamilton will be added to Disney Plus featuring the original Broadway cast on July 3rd. So, that's no time at all. No, that's pretty soon. And I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm going to say this. I'm excited to see it. Okay. Very excited to see it. Unpopular opinion. Hamilton sucks if you haven't seen it yet. Oh. Could be in a fan if you haven't seen it. Give it a chance first. Yeah. There's so many people like I love Hamilton. You've never even seen it. Mm. They need to rephrase. I love the song. That's a completely different thing. 
completely well, actually, different. There was like some bootleg versions on YouTube for a while yeah. that people recorded. But um, also there's some some like chatter about uh, whether or not Disney is going to censor it because they do drop some F-bombs in the show. Oh, dang. Yeah. So th- I saw some some chatter on Twitter uh, yesterday or today and they're, oh, I hope they don't censor it. Getting all mad about it and it hasn't even happened yet because, you know, that's who... <laughs> Chill. We are as a culture. Um, but yeah, so I'm not sure. There's there's plenty of stuff on Disney Plus. They had said they weren't gonna put anything on there that had bad language or anything, but that's not true. I watch Wicked Tuna on on Disney Plus and they they say uh the S word. The S word. They bleep out the F word, but they, they do the say S-word? the S word in there. Hmm. So it's not like they're like one hundred percent clean. So hey, everyone, calm down. You haven't seen it yet. You don't know if it's going to be censored. If it is, oh, well. Chill. Just be grateful. It'll be fine. So, reportedly, there is a live-action remake of Disney's Atlantis, The Lost Empire in development. Which I was, I'm not a huge fan of the, I mean, when I when I say that, I don't mean like I don't like it. I just, I, I didn't get into it. Like, I've only seen it just recently. Um, but I always thought that'd be a really cool live-action remake. I... Honestly, can't even tell you if I've seen that movie. Really? Yeah. I just had to look up like a synopsis of it because I I really don't remember it. Yeah. I I think the main character is Milo, right? Milo Thatch. Yeah. Milo Thatch. There we He's go. He's a cartographer and linguist. Yeah. I wasn't into it. I don't know. I think that was during that time that I just wasn't that into Disney movies. Yeah. Um, well, and it's, it's one of the few that doesn't have like any musical numbers, apparently. Yeah. It's I I think it was good. I'm, I mean, I'm assuming it was good. People, there's a big fandom around it. Oh, it's has like a major cult following, yeah. like insanely huge. Yeah. So I, I guess in the film, there's also a unique language that's spoken. Oh. The and the language was developed by the man who created Star Trek's Klingon language. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. Right. Maybe we should watch it and see what it's all about. Yeah. So apparently when it came out, it came out in 2001 originally, and it just flopped. But like over the years, it's gotten like a lot of attention. Yeah. It came out the same year as, um, I want to say Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. came out in 2001? 2000 or 2001. Because I saw it while I was working at Disneyland. Because I remember I got a discount on a Sully doll. (laughs) Did you really? (laughs) I did. Kenzie owns that doll now. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was competing with, with itself. I don't know. Let's give it a shot. Let's yeah. see what it's like. We'll report back. We'll let y'all know. Yeah. So Disney released a new Olaf at home on YouTube. And if you guys want to go watch it, it's definitely worth watching. But be prepared. Here's your spoiler alert. You should cry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to say you will, but you you should. It's it's a very if you have a soul. Yeah, no, it's called I am with you. And it is. I don't. uh, Well, it's it's so different from everything else they've done with like this Olaf thing. Uh, It's got flashbacks of like classic Disney movies and stuff in it. Uh, And it's got a cute little song called I'm with you. And it's adorable and it's heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time. Give it a watch. I promise you'll like it. It's cute. I'm going to go look it up right now. Yeah, so. Another fun little thing that's going to be coming out um, on Disney Plus on June 26th is a six-episode behind-the-scenes look into the making of Frozen 2. It's called Into the Unknown, Making Frozen 2. 
Um, it's going to go into all of the history that went into making it, all kinds of like behind the scene things that you would normally like never hear about. I'm curious to see um, if they talk about the inspiration about the kind of like tribal aspect of it. Yeah. Um, the native aspect. Uh, we have a lot of friends that are Native American. And so, and I've always been fascinated with Native American cultures. So I'm really interested to see, to see how that goes because they put a lot of thought into that. Yeah. So it says on here that it'll give us a never before seen look at every song, spirit, sister, and snowman from the hit movie sequel. Hmm. And all six episodes are going to be released at one time. So you don't have to like wait each week for a new one. You can just boom, binge it right away. Which is fine. There's, there's so much that they're putting out that's going in, you know, it's going canonically through the series Mm -hmm. each week instead of all at once. Uh, it might be nice to have a show that you can just binge. Yeah. Cause there's some nights where like none of the shows that we watch are sounding good. And I just want to like power through something easy. Yeah. That's one of those things that we could do. I was going to start watching the Mandalorian again. Are you from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Actually I did when I was in Chicago. Oh, I forgot about that. I need to finish. I got up to episode three again. Speaking of the Mandalorian, a couple big things have come up regarding casting in the past week. And I'm super stoked to hear these two things. Uh, one, they've recruited Katie Sackoff, which uh, was, she's from Battlestar Galactica. Um, when you see her, you'll know exactly who she is, uh, but they've actually cast her as um, Bo-Katan. She's the voice of Bo-Katan, correct? In Clone Wars? Yeah, she's, but they've, vo- they've uh, brought her back for the show, for the Mandalorian. How so fun perfect. to do to be able to be like, oh, I was the voice of this character and now I'm going to be this character. Yeah, which I was kind of kind of curious to know why they didn't bring in um, Ashley. Ashley for uh, Ahsoka. Yeah. And I'm not complaining because I think they did great with casting um, Gina Davis. Let's start a rumor. Rosario Dawson. Just kidding. Uh, Rosario Dawson. Um as Ahsoka, I think that's great. But it's, I, I was she really surprised. She looks like her a little she bit. She does look a lot like her. Um, but yeah, so Katie Sackhoff is coming in as Bo-Katan for season two of The Mandalorian. But also, in equally, if not better news, uh, they have actually cast Boba Fett. Ah! So they've actually pulled in Tim Morrison, who, if you are not familiar with who that is, he's the guy who played Django Fett in the prequels. So crazy. Yeah. And so he was also the voice of Boba Fett in a few instances uh, in animated series. But yeah, he's coming back as um, Boba Fett, which I mean, how perfect is that? He's the original clone. So much exciting news for Star Wars. Yeah. I, this is like the, and it's, it's, it's fairly minor to a lot of people, but if you think about it, they had this, this crazy popular character in Boba Fett. They bring back his dad in the prequels and him as a little kid, which if you haven't heard the Pat Oswalt sp- uh, bit on <laughs> this, please do. Uh, it's not, really funny. Uh, killing uh, George Lucas with a shovel. If you haven't yeah. heard, go, go listen to it. But anyway, so he, he comes back. He comes in to play Django Fett, who is Boba Fett's father, who he's a clone of. And now they're bringing him in to be Boba Fett. So it's just it's perfect. Like it's circle of life. <laughs> yeah. So really excited to see that. But this is going infomercial style. I'm going to come in with a, but wait, 
there's more. If you call right now, we'll send in the free paring knife. So as I was looking <laughs> up uh, the the information, if I, just to see if I missed anything for uh, Tim playing um, Boba Fett, there's rumors. Oh, God, I hope this is true. There's rumors that he's also going to be playing simultaneously, concurrently, Captain Rex. What? I will die. That'd be crazy. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Ahsoka, Captain Rex, Boba Fett, Bo-Katan. Dude. And all of this in Jon Favreau's control. And Dave Filoni, your people are coming to life, bro. Oh, man. I don't know. I can't. I, can't, I don't. I'm not going to say this is accurate 100%. Um, but... Boba Fett and Captain Rex, played by Tim Morrison. Come on. Come on. That'd be so cool. So excited. Anyway, we'll have more news on that as it unfolds. Uh, yeah. I did mention, though, uh, while watching this last episode, how lucky we are to have Jon Favreau. Because he makes all the good things. He's a national treasure. <laughs> Protect him at all costs. Protect him. Uh, he He's brought so much joy to my life. He, yeah, because we were just talking, so... The best Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. All the way back to Elf. Yeah. Yeah. The best superhero movies. Yeah. The best thing that's happened to Star Wars in a very long time. Yeah. Like. I even loved Swingers. And on top of being in a fantastic vision, he's a great actor, too. Yeah. He's he's hilarious. and Happy's the best. Happy's amazing. <laughs> but even going back to, like, Friends. Yeah. Um, what was his he name? He had to be uh, the best of all time. It was Monica's boyfriend. Yeah, where he, um, he wanted to become a UFC fighter and he got his butt handed to him. Yeah. Um, he played... Um, what was his name in front? I don't know. I can't think of his, his character name because he's always like a minor character. Um, he was in um, I Love You, Man. Pete. Pete. Was his name in Friends. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then he was in I Love You, Man. And he was like the jerk husband of... Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just of so her best of the girls. Yeah, he's just yeah. he's just so funny. He he plays every character I've seen very well. Um, so you want to talk about bandwagon? Who's the bandwagon? Who's on the bandwagon? I'm on it. I've been on it. The bandwagon for what? John Favreau. Oh, you're on it. No, you said you you've been on for a very long time. So it's not like you jumped on the bandwagon. No, because like, I, I this might be an unpopular this might be an unpopular opinion too. But I liked Swingers. <laughs> I've never seen that a lot movie. of people trash it. But I, I thought it was great. I've never seen I, that movie. It's fun. Vince Vaughn was in it. Okay. Him and Vince Vaughn. Yeah, they look very young. It was out in 96. Very young. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, not for everyone. But yeah, I've loved him since back then. Hmm. Not to be that guy. But like, yeah, I've loved the guy for a long time. He's 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 great. <laughs> what you not to be that guy. Well, no. You know, you like the, oh, yo, no, I knew I, I've uh, liked that I liked since, him before you did. I liked him since 73. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to make anybody feel bad for not liking him as long as me, but I've liked him for a long time. That's all. That's the whole point I'm trying to make here. I feel stop, you. Stop yelling at me. I feel it. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm on that train. Oh, man. We're pulling into station. Anyway. Anywho. I don't know where this podcast has gone. We're now a John Favreau appreciation podcast. Yes. So we are now Magic on Main Street, a Disneyland podcast. About. John. Featuring John Favreau. <laughs> If it was featuring, he'd be on it, and that would be oh, sick. that'd be amazing. Should I email him? <laughs> you should see if you can do like a cameo. I wonder if he's on cameo. Could you imagine? Probably not. That guy's busy. You know well, who right is now, on cameo though? My friend, name drop, 
Richard Karn, a.k.a. Al Borland from Home Improvement. I saw he was doing some cameos for Mother's Day. It was pretty cute. I like that. What are we even talking about? John Favreau is right. not on. Just All right, everybody, me. listen, we're going to let you go for a minute. We're going to go take a break. We're going to gather our thoughts. Just get our, <laughs> just get our poop in a group over here. We're all over the place. But we will be back in just a moment with our main topic of the week, The Lost Attractions of Disneyland, Part 2. Do. Do. Dose. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hello. Uh, Last week, we talked about The Lost Attractions of Disneyland, and there are so many that we decided to do a Part 2. And guess what? We'll probably have to do a Part (laughs) 3, because there's a lot. Uh, As I had mentioned last week, there are over 150 lost attractions, restaurants, shops, parades, fireworks, shows. Um, So we're talking about all the the best of the best or the worst of the worst. Depends (laughs) on how you look at it. Um, But yeah, so we had some fun with last week's. We were talking about this one and that one. The Flying Saucers, Luigi's Flying Tires, the beloved Captain EO. That's a good one. Mm. All the Autopias, Big Thunder Ranch, Country Bear Jamboree, and... The, the main the main event of that one was Superstar Limo. Oh, so if you missed that episode, go check it out now. Terrible. Um, but we've got uh, quite a few tonight as well. Um, and, you know, these are some of the best attractions that the park has seen. And they just faded, phased them out. But then there's some really bad ones. Uh, so we're going to talk about a mixture of both. <laughs> On a good note, well, first up is the General Electric Carousel of Progress. Uh, so many people that I know have never experienced this because it was only around from 1967 to 1973. I did not experience that. Yeah. Not me either. Cause I wasn't alive. We oh wait, were, you weren't either. We were negative. Yeah. But it is a, a pretty well-known attraction. So it was a sit down show in which the building rotated. So this is the, uh, it, it became the interventions building. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually where we met. It is. Yeah. Uh, but the the stage below, so at the entrance. So nowadays, uh, if you're if you're going up to the Interventions Building, there's a ramp that goes up. Before that ramp, uh, there was a kind of a staging area where you would watch a mini show outside, where where the building rotated. Um, they would do trivia right there too. They had a lot of really crazy stuff there. Um, but back in the late 60s, early 70s, this was a sit-down show. The building rotated and the audience went around a series of stages. And the stages had audio animatronic humans and household appliances showing how appliances and electronics uh, would advance every 20 years from the turn of the century to the modern era of the early 1960s, which is funny. (laughs) Um, So they would stop at each stage and the characters talked and told jokes and, you know, described life in the time of their uh, their living in history and demonstrated their kitchen. So this ride actually originated at the 1964 New York World's Fair and was installed at Disneyland after the fair closed. And in 1974, the Carousel of Progress was moved to Florida's Walt Disney World and the show building was used for America Sings and Interventions. Okay. Yeah. I liked the Interventions building. Yeah, it was cool. I, they there have was stuff a, to do on every floor. Yeah, and then, you know, I, I understand that they had to move all the Marvel characters out of there because um, they had Marvel meet and greets upstairs um, in addition to the Interventions attractions. And then they had um, on the other side, uh, actually, they, they opened up um, the launch bay on the other side of that building. So that's still there. But yeah, it was, uh, it, was it became like the multi-purpose room for Disneyland. Yeah. 
Uh, it's been a lot of a lot of things. Um, another one of the lost attractions is actually something that you can still see today. It's just no longer functioning. Right. It's the Jolly Trolley in Toontown. So, as you know, if you go back to Toontown, you can see that there is a track that goes in a little circle around the whole area. Um, and there is actually a trolley that is still sitting in present day um, in the main walkway of Toontown. Um, that you can go up and you can take pictures and whatnot. But from 93 to 2003, the little trolley would move around that track but they ended up having to close it because the walkway started getting way too crowded. It was a major safety hazard and they could really only operate it on days with sparse crowds, which during that time, I'm sure there wasn't very many as they <laughs> no. got into like the 2000s. Yeah, no, it was, I remember it running, but I, I do think too. I, I think I remember it more not running than running. I, I think I have a picture. I think, when I was little riding on it. I, I know I've ridden on it because it, it used to like it went in waves like a, it wobbled. Mm-hmm. As yeah. It, as it yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah that so was... crazy. But you can still go and take a picture with one of the cars. It still exists. It's just chilling. Speaking of still existing. Um, so the people mover. This was this is a very famed attraction. People miss it. People are constantly hoping that it comes back. Um, so it is kind of a bummer what happened to the people mover because it was such a like, uh, innovative. Cult. <laughs> well, it was very innovative, but it was also like, it's got this cult following people were like hardcore. I want the people mover back. Yeah. Uh, so this thing, it was built in 19, 1961 and it was really a, a good way. It was very, uh, I, th- I think you can kind of, uh, equate it to the Tomorrowland version of the train. Because it was somewhere you could relax, you can enjoy a really cool view of Tomorrowland, you know, there was some entertainment value to it, but it was really just a cool way to to hang out at Disneyland, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so this, again, built in 1961, this was actually closed in 1995. So, you know, relatively not too long ago. Uh, and when it closed, people were bummed out. It was when they were doing the um, Tomorrowland overhaul. So basically what they did is when they changed everything over and they, they started bringing in new attractions and themes and all that, uh, they repurposed the people mover track, which, uh, if you, if you know Tomorrowland, you know this track because it runs right down the center of Tomorrowland. It's still there to this day. Um, so they repurposed this track for a dragster style thrill attraction, um, that they wanted it to be more thrilling than people mover. Uh, it gave you the same kind of overhead view of Tomorrowland, but this thing had a quick launch. It was like a, a blast off ride. Uh, and then, you know, I got the idea of it. Um, and like I said, I think I said this last week, I don't remember going on it, but I think I did. Cause I remember the queue, but I don't remember the ride, but the whole idea behind the ride was it would have this quick launch, but the problem was it was on a flat track. Uh, they had GM as a sponsor before, but they lost GM. They didn't have a big budget, so they didn't build like banked turns on the track. And so instead of this car being able to take hard turns on a banked track, it was on a flat track and it would have to slow down at every turn. Oh, that would have been so a it was this very like speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down. And so it was actually, um, you know, they wanted this to be a thrill ride. but they, People were saying it's not thrilling enough because 
you launch, you slow down, you, and then you keep going and you slow down, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, but then others said it's too thrilling. It should be the people mover and just slow moving and, you know, you get a really cool thing. Uh, but it had really long wait times. It had a ton of mechanical issues because the infrastructure wasn't altered to accommodate this like quick, slow stress on the tracks and on the vehicles. So after like, I think it was like three weeks, three or four weeks, it went down for three months. Oh, dang. Because they had to fix it. And even when they reintroduced it uh, after the three months, it was still just constantly breaking down. And so they found out, you know, they were looking into it. Uh, the track and the structure were just breaking down and it made it super unsafe. There were a bunch of cracks. There was broken concrete, which actually resulted in a lawsuit. Uh-oh. Yeah, but a bit of concrete flew off and hit a guest. So they were having all these lawsuits about it. So they were like, we got to close this down. So they closed it down to reevaluate the, the attraction, see how they can make it safer, see how they can make it more you know, attractive to the guests. 2000, they were supposed to reopen spring 2001. They never came back. How sad. Yeah. So uh, in the spring of 2001, they announced a permanent closure. And now there's just this like sad skeleton of the people mover that sits in the middle of Tomorrowland for years and years and years. Yeah. 19 years now. I have heard so many people talking about how they should just now that they have the money and they have the means to do it, to just turn it into like a Tron ride. Like, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, like the the motorbike one that they have. But then you run into the same problem, though, because you can't have a thrill ride up there because they have to install the bank track. Mm-hmm. So it would just take a big budget. They'd still have to repurpose the track. Yeah. So it would be a cool thing to have there. But I also heard they were going to do that through the Interventions building. Mm-hmm. It was going to be the Tron bike race. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's 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 kind of sad. I wish that there was something there. It, I mean, it's still kind of a cool structure. Like it, it, it looks like it's there on purpose. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, or else it'd be this weird. It's just not just an eyesore. Track hanging out above your head. Yeah, it's strange. I thought I didn't press record. Woo! Did your whole body just do yes. a tingle? Yeah. Um, speaking of rides, quote unquote, that are still around, the Swiss Family Treehouse was a big thing from 1962 all the way to 1999. That's a long time for an attraction. I never really got used to Tarzan. No? No. That's all I can remember. Like my whole childhood was Swiss Family Robinson. Because I know I went while it was still the Swiss Family Treehouse, but I don't remember that at all. I actually liked... I like it better as Swiss Family Treehouse because I, I like what they did with Tarzan. I like the theme and it's really, it's cute. It's mm-hmm. it's a, a cute attraction for, for that. I remember even like when it opened up and, you know, I was like a teenager at the time, but like, or I guess late teens, I never really appreciated the the animated characters on, okay. on the attraction. That makes sense. So like, you know, like the, the plastic cartoon yeah. statues, I, yeah. I just, I didn't, I just never really liked it. I felt like, I, I don't know. I feel like the Swiss family Robinson Treehouse was very like classy and very true to the, to the movie. And I can say the same exact thing about Tarzan. It is true to the movie, but it's animated. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard. It, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to understand. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't like that part. Yeah. I guess you're right. But that's that's the thing for me is like that's all I can remember. So to me, it's like yeah, it's Tarzan's treehouse. Yeah. But I mean, now it's been there for 
21 years 21 as years. Tarzan. So yeah. maybe you, it'll be something else sometimes. Could soon. be. <laughs> I don't know. It, it still fits, but I don't know. Do you remember that day we were there and one of the wood slats broke? Yeah, we were there. We were over by Indiana Jones and all of a sudden like a bunch of cast members went running and like blocked it all off and they were like trying to like keep people away from it because on the little like rope bridge type thing one of the wood slats had broken and it was like a huge like safety hazard oh. so they were like clearing everybody off of it like trying to get it closed down for the night because it happened in like the evening i don't remember that at all yeah it wasn't that long ago it was only a couple months ago i think here's a fun little fact well, about i guess not a couple because a couple months it's been closed yeah <laughs> a few months ago yeah uh here's a fun fact oh recently yeah it was within the last year oh i don't remember that making memories weird Maybe it was one of the days you weren't with me. I've only gone Aha. without you like one time. That's weird. Um, a little fun fact about the Swiss Family Robinson slash Tarzan treehouse. If you are, uh, say you're you're coming from the entrance of Adventureland and you're walking towards the treehouse. If you take that fork to the left that takes the bridge over to um, New Orleans Square instead of right and down into Frontierland, so to the left, if you look at the side of the tree, it looks just like Jabba the Hutt. It does. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Fun stuff. That's so funny. Yeah. So there's a, a couple things, uh, a few things um, that took place in the Golden Horseshoe. So these aren't attractions. These were shows. A lot of fun was to be had in the Golden Horseshoe in its heyday. Uh, we kind of have a dumbed down version of the Golden Horseshoe now. There was a lot going on. So from 1955 to 1986, this was a long running show. And I do have a very slight memory of this as a kid. Uh, and I wish upon wishes that they bring something like this back. Um, the Golden Horseshoe Review. Uh, it was a musical comedy show and it had Slewfoot Sue uh, an Irish tenor and a traveling salesman. Um, and along with Can Can Girls, it was a very, very popular show. Um, and that ran in the Golden Horseshoe pretty much unchanged for like three, for three decades. When did it end? 1986. You never saw it. No, but I think I've seen videos of it. You probably have. Yeah. Um, but then from 1986 to 1994, they had the Golden Horseshoe Jamboree. So this was an Old West show, and it had singing, dancing, joke telling, banjo playing, and general fun and rowdiness. And it had Miss Lily, Sam the bartender, and a gang of cow punches. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and concurrently with the Jamboree, they also had a variety show that ran from 1986 all the way to 2003. And so that had comedian and musician Dana Daniels and Luigi, his psychic parrot, um, I and, do remember that. Uh, and th and this is the time that they had Billy Hill and the Hillbillies. Okay. So it was during that time. Okay. Yeah. But there was also one, and this is probably my most uh, cherished memories of the Golden Horseshoe. I really, I really do enjoy those shows. I'm a Western junkie. I like you really Western are. stuff. That's your jam. Um, uh, they had the Laughing Stock Company. And they were there for, I mean, years. They were there for a long time. And it was a show that had some pretty... Um, it had pretty regular characters, um, and that would be uh, Mayor Sam McGillicuddy, who had a daughter, Sally May, which was typically a man in drag, mm -hmm. um, and uh, Sheriff Clem Clodhopper. Uh, and they had these these really fun shows. Uh, and the thing about that show that ran for such a long time is they would actually have the characters out 
in Frontierland uh, kind of acting as barkers where they would try to get you to come in to see the show. They would actually do a show out front where they were uh, electing a new mayor. And then they would also bring it inside for another portion of it. So that was that was some of the most fun that I had at the mm-hmm. Golden Horseshoe. Um, Clem Clodhopper was always the guy that was on the hook to marry Sally May. And she was just, you know, not very attractive. And yeah, so I, I, that's one thing that I really miss about, um, the golden horseshoe is the laughing stock company. Cause they did such a great job, but the laughing stock company actually just recently ended their run in, uh, June of last year. So they, they've run for, I mean, decades. A lost attraction that we've actually talked about quite a bit, honestly, is that funny little nightclub that was around from 85 to 95 over at the Fantasyland Theater, what it is now known as. Um, it's Videopolis. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about it before. Uh, it was a nighttime dance club targeted at young adults, much like the newer uh, Mad Tea Party that we had. <laughs> um, Videopolis featured television monitors playing modern music videos. Uh, it also hosted live musical acts, had a snack bar called Yums, and eventually in the 90s, it was converted into an amphitheater and renamed Fantasyland Theater, where it also underwent a- another name change to Fantasyland Theater. Just switching the ER and the RE at the end of theater. <laughs> so this one is a an interesting attraction. This one's an, an interesting story. In 1956, all the way to 1994, the Mike Fink keelboats uh, were in operation on the Rivers of America. They closed down, came back 1996 to 1997. So the Mike Fink keelboats were based on two episodes of the Davy Crockett miniseries, which is the same way that the Davy Crockett Explorer canoes came to, came about. Davy Crockett was a big deal on when it came to the world of like television programming in the, uh, you know, sixties, fifties and sixties. Davy. <laughs> Davy. Uh, so in 1955, Davy Crockett's keelboat race and Davy Crockett and the river pirates, uh, that same year. So uh, the ride was named after Mike Fink, who was the king of the river, who lost the keelboat race. There were two boats, 38-foot boats. One was the Gullywumper and the other was the Bertha May. And these were actual props that had been used in the making of the show a few months earlier. What? Yeah. So these boats, and it was very unique because like, uh, magic spoiler, uh, the Mark Twain, the Sailing Ship Columbia, those are on tracks. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, you know, they, they don't have to be driven. Uh, you know, they have to be start started and stopped, but uh, they don't they're not free floating. The canoes are free floating, but they don't have engines. It's just straight up paddling, like I've mentioned in the past. Um, the keel boats were free floating and traveled around Tom Sawyer's Island uh, by motor. They were motor boats. And those are. Big size boats. They're pretty big boats. Um, and so people would sit either on benches inside the cabin or on the roof of the cabin. Just, I mean, That's a safety so nightmare. And this wasn't back in the 60s. I mean, this was all the way up to 94. What the heck? So in 1994, they closed down the, the boats. They were doing some maintenance or something. They brought them back in 1996. And they only lasted a year because in 1997, the Disneyland Gullywumper boat 
began to rock side to side. It actually capsized and dumped a boatload of passengers into the rivers. And a lot of them got hurt. Not badly, but enough to where they got in trouble. Could you imagine getting dumped into that nasty river? I've been in that river. And it's disgust- I mean, it's not. It, it's it's a frightening water to be in because you can't see anything. No, it's, it's, it's green. Terrifying. Yeah, which is by design. So it's not really like. Well, yeah, because you're not water. supposed to see because yeah, there's a it's, down it's magic. Exactly. Um, but ew, it yeah. smells sometimes. You don't want to be. In- oh, it has a smell. Uh, we had a joke on the river. Uh, if you get any water on you, just give it an hour. It'll peel right off. Ew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but so they removed the boat from the waters to inspect it. And neither the Gully Wumper nor the Bertha May returned for the next operating season, which meant no <laughs> more keelboats. So they put the Bertha May up on Disney's eBay auction site and they sold it for $15,000. Holy cow. Yeah, which isn't a lot considering what it is. You know, yeah. I mean, this is a prop from a 50s TV show. Very popular. It's a an operating vehicle at Disneyland. $15,000. Crazy. So it was sold to Richard Kraft and it was later featured in a scene from his documentary, Finding Craftland. So Robert Kraft was this, you know, kind of a decent name in Hollywood for, you know, like the 80s. Like he did... Um, Money Pit with Tom Hanks and Shelley, uh, Shelley Long, Shelley Long. So a mild celebrity who has, I guess, a huge, yeah, I guess he has a huge Disney collection. Hmm. So that's why he bought it anyway. So, uh, in 2003 though, the gully wumper made its return to the rivers of America, (gasps) but they're never going to make that thing. See, worthy again. (laughs) Uh, so if you, uh, remember, they actually mention it on the Mark Twain riverboat. Uh, during the tour, if you can imagine in your mind, you're going around the rivers of America, you pass Splash Mountain, you pass the canoe dock on the right hand side, you're going to see a cabin in front of that cabin is a keelboat. Who owns that home? Mike Fink. Mike Fink. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a funny little story. I love that. Yeah. But now it's just a prop, but it's cool to have it back there. So Bye, uh, golly, that's amazing. <laughs> these are just our favorites. So if there's anything you would like to, to talk about that we missed, please let us know. Uh, but with that, it's uh, what time is it? It's time for a quote of the week. Putting words together that last forever. It's quote of the week. This week's quote of the week is an oldie but a goodie, aren't they all? Mm. But you picked this one out. I did. Yeah. Why did you pick this one out? Um, It just felt fitting because we're talking about, you know, things of Disney's past and what they turned into. And if they didn't turn into anything at all and they just disappeared altogether, it... Just the ever-changing parks. Yeah, I guess like the bottom line is nothing is ever going to be stagnant there. No. If it's not working anymore, or if they feel like something new can come in, they'll bring it in. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly because Walt said this, Disneyland will never be completed. It will continue to grow as long as there is imagination left in the world. I love it. So if there's a, a, a beloved attraction or show or restaurant or f- something of yours, just remember that's how Walt wanted it. So mm-hmm. it's not... Uh, It's not ever going to be finished. So let's remember that. Yeah. That brings us to the end. Bye. See ya. 
Just kidding. Click. (laughs) No, but as always, we do want to thank you for listening to our show and spreading the love. We really appreciate you so much as human beings. And we just continue. We consider you friends and family. So thank you so much. Um, If there's anything that you would like to comment on, ask questions about, or if there's any stories that you would like to share with us and our audience, please email us at friends at magiconmainstreetpodcast.com. Also, follow us on Instagram. We're always sharing stuff from the show. So find us over at Magic on Main Pod. Subscribe to our calendar. We're putting important dates in there. Uh, also, uh, if you would like a little bit of early access, if you want some swag, uh, become a Patreon subscriber. For as little as two bucks a month, you're going to get early access. You'll never have to listen to an ad. So find out more at patreon.com slash magic on Main Street. Also, please take just a few seconds of your time subscribe if you haven't already leave a review please uh we we love hearing your feedback uh, only if it's five stars <laughs> no, be honest uh, but seriously five stars uh but yeah leave us a review and help us spread some magic to your network of disney lovers with that on behalf of tabitha kenzie daniel scar and myself thank you so much for listening to the magic on main street podcast we'll see you real soon bye-bye Magic on Main Street, just like a churro, you're so sweet. Our time with you is such a treat. Spread the Disney love, thanks for hanging out with us. On Main Street.